Welcome back to Two Sisters and a TV, the classic TV podcast where we remember and celebrate all things and everything classic TV. As we continue our stroll down through the 1980s and take a look at short-lived TV shows from that era, we're going to take a look at Charlie and Company, which ran for one season on CBS. Charlie and Company starred Flip Wilson, Gladys Knight, Jaleel White, Christophe St. John, Fran Robinson, <laughs> can't read my handwriting sometimes, and Della Reese. Charlie and Company is created by Alan Katz. It made its debut on September the 18th, 1985, running through May the 16th, 1986. Now, Gladys Knight definitely was, and she and Flip Wilson definitely had, you know, their paths had crossed before. She had previously appeared in an episode of The Flip Wilson Show in 1973. Not only did she and the Pips perform Midnight Train to Georgia, but she and Flip were in a skit about a, uh, Gladys portrayed a waitress, and Flip was, I think he was a cop. I haven't seen it in a long time. Very funny skit, and they definitely had a lot of chemistry. And Gladys Knight, one of our all-time favorite singers. I mean, we have a very, very long history with the lady. Um, Gladys Knight's one of the first voices that we both heard ever in life. Our mom, huge fan of Gladys Knight and the Pips. And so their music definitely a staple in our house. And we were introduced to their music very, very early in life. I actually wrote Gladys Knight about 20 years ago, shared all this with her. She sent me back a beautiful black and white autographed picture, autographed to me specifically. I still have it. And uh, I have nothing but good things to say about her. Flip Wilson, definitely a comedic genius in his own right. He had his start by appearing on The Tonight Show with Johnny Carson, the Flip Wilson, not the Flip Wilson, the Ed Sullivan Show, and Rhoda Martin's Laugh-In, just to name a few. He received his own series, The Flip Wilson Show, in the fall of 1970 over on NBC. Definitely a groundbreaking TV series. He was the first black comedian to have his own TV series. And uh, he had a, an amazing roster of guest stars and uh, their episodes on YouTube. If you've never seen it before, I think the entire series is also available on DVD. If it's available for streaming, I'm not sure about that part. But uh, the show ran for, 19, uh, for four years, ending in 1974. One reason why it ended was because of the Waltons, believe it or not. The Waltons was so popular, so successful, that it cut into the ratings of Flip Wilson's show, and he decided to go ahead and end it after four years. So they decided to go ahead, um, as I said, Alan Katz created the show, and he decided to have um, Flip and Gladys portray husband and wife. Flip Wilson was Charlie Richmond. He was a black middle-class employee of the high, of the Division of Highways. He worked with the city. His wife, Diana, was an elementary school teacher. And they had three kids, Junior, who was 16, Lauren, who was 15, and little Robert was nine. Now, we loved Gladys Knight and Flip Wilson together. They had a really good chemistry. And we loved watching Charlie and company every week. 
It was either in Jet Magazine or TV Guide where we found out about this show. So we were all on board for, for we were all on board for it before it even made its debut that September of '85. It was exciting to see Flip Wilson back on TV, and to see Gladys Knight on TV as well because of course she had been on Soul Train, American Bandstand, you know, Solid Gold. She did a uh, special with Suzanne Summers, you know, she and the Pips. So we all knew who she was, and she made a guest appearance on The Jeffersons in 1983. So she had been on TV a lot down through the years. Of course, the Ed Sullivan Show. She too and the Pips had been on that show in the early 70s. Um, I think she and the Pips were on the very last original episode of the Ed Sullivan Show in 1971. So we knew who she was when it came to television, but for her to be an actress, you know, um, a wife and a mother in this new series, well, that was very exciting. And we couldn't wait to see it all unfold. Also um, in the cast of Charlie and Company, you saw Charlie's co-workers, because there were lots of scenes of he, you know, of, of him being at work. And it was a really good, healthy balance. Kind of reminded me in a way of the Dick Van Dyke show, where you saw not only Rob's home life, but his work life as well. And that's how you saw Charlie. You got to see his co-workers, and they were all a bunch of really funny, crazy guys. And uh, so, of course, you got to see his home life as well. Now, Della Reese joined the show later in the season. She was Aunt Rachel. She was uh, Charlie's sister-in-law, Diana's sister. And of course, they had their clashes, you know, didn't get along all that great, but they did love one another and respected one another. But um, Charlie and Company, like I said, was a really funny show. There are, I think every episode is on YouTube at this point because I binged watched several of them last week. And I had forgotten what a really funny show that was. I hadn't seen it since the 80s. And I had forgotten just how really funny it was. And of course, as I said, Christoph St. John was junior. Christoph St. John, of course, you know, he had already been a fixture in episodic television and TV movies and the like. And in the 1990s, he would join the cast of The Young and the Restless, where he would remain for the rest of his life. Julia White, of course, who portrayed Robert, would go on to great fame of his own in the 1990s as Steve Urkel over on Family Matters. But Robert was my favorite, actually, on the show. I mean, he had the funniest lines, and he was always, you know, just wisecracking. He, he really showed how talented Julia White was at a very young age. He was a very talented actor, and it's just fun to see Steve Urkel, quote-unquote, Steve Urkel and Neil quote-unquote, as brothers on this show. Now, we looked up um, Fran Robinson, who portrayed Lauren. We think that she left the acting industry. There is one other credit to her name, one other acting credit after Charlie and Company. But after that, there are no more credits. So she probably left the business. That's what we assume. But the show was on Wednesday nights at 8 o'clock Central Time. Came on... um, you know, uh, I can't remember what we were watching at 7 o'clock on Wednesday nights. I don't remember. I have to look at an old TV guide listing to be able to recall that. But uh, the show, like I said, basically, like I said, only did it show, you know, Charlie and his work life, but also, of course, his home life. He and Diana's relationship, the relationship between the kids and the relationship between the parents and their kids. And, of course, Aunt Rachel being thrown into the mix. So the show, like I said, was really funny. If you've never seen it before, again, YouTube is the place to go to check out all the episodes. They're all uploaded in their entirety over there. Now, 90% of Google viewers actually like this show. And I can definitely see why. 
But the thing that really irks me is that back then, everyone was comparing it to The Cosby Show. People were calling it, and they still do today, believe it or not, all these years later, they still consider it to be a blatant ripoff, quote unquote, of The Cosby Show. Which I didn't understand that then, I didn't agree with it then, I don't agree with it now. Because like we discussed, I mean, let's take Family Ties. Family Ties made its debut in 1982. Growing Pains would come along in 1985. Has anyone ever accused Growing Pains as being a ripoff of Family Ties? Not to our knowledge. Did anyone ever say that Eight is Enough back in the 70s was a ripoff of Family? I don't think so. Was Bonanza a ripoff of Gunsmoke? No. But you have Charlie and Company, and it's a ripoff of The Cosby Show. That makes absolutely no sense. And it's a claim that cannot be substantiated. So basically what you're saying is that you need to only have really one primarily African-American TV show on television. There isn't room for more than one. It's supposed to all be about The Cosby Show and nothing else. Of course, you also had 227, which was on NBC. That also debuted in 1985. But, uh, you know, you need to have just a very small amount of African-American TV shows on television. That's basically what that type of logic and that kind of mindset is saying, which is absolutely ridiculous. There definitely was plenty of room within TV, on the TV landscape, to have more than just The Cosby Show. Now, actually, I'll let you in on a little secret, something I did not realize until I was doing research for this episode. When we were researching it, I completely forgot about this, but it's funny how things will come back to your mind that you've forgotten about when you're researching something like this. I actually, at that time, in the mid-80s, I actually liked Charlie and Company more than I did The Cosby Show. I didn't care for the Cosby show when I first saw it. And this is something I completely forgot about. But uh, I remember watching uh, Running Across the Cosby Show in its first season. It was the episode when Rudy's goldfish Lamont died. I found Rudy absolutely adorable. But I was horribly... And Sandra was not in the episode. I don't think Sandra had officially joined the show yet. But I found Theo... Denise and Vanessa horribly annoying. They just were not funny. They were so obnoxious and they were so arrogant in a way that I refused to watch the show anymore. It's like, oh no, I'm not watching this anymore. This is this is terrible. So I didn't watch the Cosby show again until uh, early 1987. Some kind of way I reconnected with it. Don't remember how, but I really liked it by that point. And I watched it until, you know, I watched it for the next five years until it ended. But uh, the kids on Charlie and Company, to me, were not nearly as annoying as the kids on The Cosby Show. I found Junior and Lauren and Robert not nearly as ridiculous as Denise, Theo, and Vanessa. So I liked it a lot better, to be honest. Really did. The question is, why did the show only last for a season? Now, a lot of people have made their, you know, comments, oh, you know, 
blah, 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 you know, the writing wasn't good, oh, the Cosby show was the number one show in the country, and it couldn't, you know, measure up, all this stupid stuff. Well, I remember from back then, in the 80s, why it only lasted a season. I didn't even have to do any research on it, my sister dug into it even further, but I didn't have to really do any further research, because I already remember it from back in 1986. Charlie and Company was placed up against Dynasty. Dynasty, hugely successful over on ABC. And that's another one. Did anyone claim that Dynasty was a blatant ripoff of Dallas? No. But Dynasty was very, very popular. It was in the top 10, still doing very well in the ratings. And it had a huge audience, a big loyal following. So it just really was very, very tough competition for a new show like Charlie and Company. That is why the show ended after only one season. Now, had they placed the show on another night or in another time slot, it probably would have lasted for a couple of years. I could see Charlie and Company lasting about four or five years, to be honest. Probably ending around 1990, like 227 did. But it was on the wrong night. It was in the wrong time slot, and that's why it ended. But it was a very realistic, relatable version of the Cosby Show. A lot of people said that over on, you know, um, the internet, looking up, you know, reviews of what people thought of Charlie and Company. A lot of comments were positive. Like on the videos on YouTube, a lot of people, I've never heard of the show. I never knew this existed. Gladys Knight, Jaleel White, Flip Wilson, where have I been? I was 20 years old in 1985. How did I miss this? I don't think that the show got a lot of publicity, if I recall correctly. We found out, like I said, because of Jet Magazine as well as TV Guide. But I don't remember it getting a lot of publicity over on CBS. I think that's the reason why a lot of people missed this show. Because I saw countless, countless comments, one after another, on the videos where they were saying, I never knew this show existed. Where have I been? Where was I back then? This is definitely excellent at its finest. And I couldn't agree more. By the way, the director of all the episodes was legendary director Alan Rafkin, who directed everything from The Dick Van Dyke Show to One Day at a Time to Sanford and Son. But uh, that is why Charlie and Company has such a very short run. And when we found out that it had been canceled, was not coming back for the next season, we were all so disappointed. We were very disappointed. But I unfortunately had a feeling that Dynasty was going to be a problem for it. I knew that even then, you know, and unfortunately, my assessment was correct. But I also remember saying back then that they should have put it on at another time, not up against a powerhouse show like Dynasty. But anyway, everyone basically, with the exception of Fran Robinson, went on to do other things within entertainment. Flip Wilson never had another TV series, but he still performed, um, you know, in specials. And he kind of pretty much retired, though, for the most part by the 1990s. He still, like I said, would appear in specials. You'd see him here and there. We never had another TV series again. He would pass away in 1998, that December. Gladys Knight continued to perform with the Pips, and um, they had more success in the late 80s. And uh, she decided that she wanted to go solo, though, in the 1990s. And so she and the Pips parted ways, and she became a solo artist. And at 79 years old, she is still performing and touring today. 
and her voice still sounds amazing. She still looks absolutely fabulous. Still a beautiful, lovely lady who can still blow you away with her pipes. Christoph St. John, as I said, went over to do The Young and the Restless. He joined that show in 1991. He stayed with it until his untimely passing in 2019 at the age of 52. Julia White, of course, as I said, was Steve Urkel for years over on Family Matters, which ended in 1997. You still see Julia White here and there. He still acts and still performs. Della Reese, of course, would go on to be a part of Touched by an Angel, which made its debut in the 1990s and ran for several seasons. Della passed away, I believe it was in 2016 or 17 when Della passed. But Charlie and Company, like I said, that was a really fun show to watch. It's still fun to watch today. Love seeing Gladys Knight as a wife and a mom on that show and as a career woman at the same time. So again, it's definitely worth a look. See if you've never seen it before. If you've never seen it, if you haven't seen it in a long time, like us, it's fun to go and reconnect with. Gladys Knight, of course, sings the theme song. There are people in the comments on YouTube saying that that song should have been released as a single, which I completely agree with because, of course, Gladys could sing anything. Gladys could sing the phone book and turn it into a number one hit. But uh, she did a great job on the theme song. And uh, again, it's just a really cute, charming, funny show. One that we were happy that we experienced during its original run. One that we are glad that we can see even still today. And that will conclude today's episode to Sisters in the TV. As we took a look back at another short-lived 80s TV series, Charlie and Company. We have a brand new episode coming up later this week. We look forward to you joining us. If you haven't subscribed to this podcast, don't forget to do so. Hit the follow button, become one of our loyal, wonderful followers, and stay up to date with all the episodes that we release and bring to you. Thank you for your time and for your continued support, and we will see you on the next episode.